You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Up Your Brave show. I am your host, Natalie Cutler-Welsh, and you're listening to Reality Check Radio. Today, we're talking about self-discovery. We're going to dive deep into that topic now. I'm talking to Matthew Tehuki, and um, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a ride. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Kia ora, Natalie. Kia ora, everybody out there. Lovely to be here. It's so great to have you on the show, and I'm excited to share some of your wisdom with our audience. If for those of you that don't know, am I saying your name right, Matthew? Matthew. Yeah. Thank you. Matthew has over 25 years experience as a Maori language performance teacher. He's an engaging facilitator, dynamic international musician, playwright, storyteller, and a leader amongst his own communities. And if you stay with us at the end of this interview, we're going to play you one of his songs. Um, Matthew, I know you've got more info for people on rainbowwarrior.nz, but can you give us a little bit of, of backstory or origin story? How did you get to where you are now? And let us know also how the, how you help people in the area of self-discovery. Kia ora. I'd say it was pretty early on in life that I realized that I wanted to make a difference in the world. And then I discovered music pretty early and started learning the guitar for a couple of years and started writing songs. I think the first song I ever wrote was called Hiroshima, which was about that poor Japanese city that got bombed by that nuclear bomb. And... Ever since then, you know, I've been writing songs and wanting to use art, whether it's theatre or kapahaka performance or whether it's music on stage or even carving for a while. I really wanted to find ways of getting messages out there to people that I thought were important for people to hear. And then luckily I got sent to a Māori boys boarding school, Hatopolda, by my non-Māori mum. She was the one that pushed for that, and my Māori dad backed her up. God bless them. And that's where I really started finding my voice and finding my strength and finding my power, especially through the Māori culture and haka in particular. And started learning to lift my head and to speak and to spot the gaps when someone needed to speak words of acknowledgement to someone. So I started stepping forward, and I was really shy in those days, so... I think one thing that I've discovered over the years is sitting with the uncomfortable and taking steps forward, leaning into my edges and doing things that are uncomfortable, either physically uncomfortable or emotionally uncomfortable, getting past those messages in my head saying you should just stop now or don't do it, you might make a fool of yourself and things like that and making heaps of mistakes along the way as well. I think that's really helped me, as, especially as a shy guy, Feeling the impact of mucking up, feeling the impact of forgetting to acknowledge someone when I'm speaking, feeling the impact of not taking that opportunity because I was too shy in any area of life and beating myself up afterwards, not being able to go to sleep. Just all those situations where I was able to grow through discomfort in my life and then just learning to be okay with discomfort. I think that's been a big part of my journey and just taking on more challenges and stepping into leadership as well. I find that when you step into leadership, especially these days, but probably been always like this, is you're just so vulnerable and open to all criticism and people expect you to be perfect. So you need to 
constantly up your game. And another thing that I've done in the last few years, I remember when Facebook came out, I was more interested in looking good and getting the best photo of myself and getting likes and followers and stuff like that. And in the last few years after being annoyed watching other people do that, I was like, okay, how do I need to show up? So I've, in the last few years, I've had a few moments where I really exposed myself for my failures or for my faults or my sins or whatever like that. And just sitting in the discomfort of people's judgment and feeling the impact of that and using that as impetus to take steps forwards as a man to grow and learn and just being okay with that vulnerability. I think there's also been a lot of reading along the way and a lot of going to, I've been to a lot of festivals in the last 10 to 15 years and I like going to sit in front of lots of wise people in workshops and listening to wise musicians and just going for inspiration and figuring out things that I want to learn about and following those paths. Having children and being a grandfather is a great way for me to do, you know, self-discovery and have a good look at my myself and I'm really blessed that I have. I've got grown children now and I've got little children as well and or a little boy and now I've got some little grandchildren and I'm just constantly getting more opportunities to show up as a man and as a father. Um, what else? It's interesting what you were saying, sitting in the comfort of others' judgment. And I feel no. like that is that is such a huge piece for self-discovery because sometimes people don't take leadership opportunities because, again, they're scared of what people might think if they stuff it up. But you talked about you know, taking opportunities and feeling the impact of mucking up. So, and embracing mistakes. I think that is, and we can always learn more, like we're going to stuff it up, but if we can not just think, oh, that was stupid, but think, what did I learn from that? You know, how would I, so not so much regret, like I feel, oh, I shouldn't have done that, but okay, amazing. What can I learn from what just happened? How can I apply that to the future? Do you feel like most people will do self-discovery or is that something that not everyone seeks out. Um, by the looks of what society's up to at the moment, I think it's not as common as uh, I'd love it to be as far as people having good hard looks at themselves and where they're at and how they might be able to grow. There's a lot of finger pointing going on and it's really hard. One thing I've struggled with in the last few years is I judge, I've found myself judging people that judge me, which is quite hilarious. It's like, mm -hmm. how dare you judge me? And then I start judging them and I have a little chuckle around that. And far out is such an out of it experience being a human being. And I think we need to laugh more and more at ourselves. But definitely in regards to um, the mistakes I've made, when I was really shy, the impact used to knock me around and I'd live in shame and it used to really beat me up. But then I've, you know, I've learned that shame and guilt are really low vibrations to operate mm -hmm. in and I don't want to be there and I don't wish it upon anyone else. I do think it's really important to feel the impact of our actions on ourselves and others and sit with it long enough to uh, get the energy to do something about it don't try and brush it off but don't sit in so long that you become depressed and 
feel so horrible about yourself, you can't do anything about it. I'm really clear I don't want to do that. So I've been trying to find a balance over the last few years of feeling the impact and taking the action, forgiving myself. My latest song is Let's F Up and Self Forgive. Mm. But I actually used the F word in it because we are all going to F up. We're all going to muck up. And let's do it in a way that we know that we can just forgive ourselves at the end once we've done the action to grow and learn from it. It's not brushing it off and saying, let's go out there and make a mess and say it's okay. That's not what I'm saying. Some people might take it that way, and I'm okay with that. You talked about the vibration of those words, you know, guilt and regret. What about forgiveness? Is forgiveness must be a higher vibration emotion? Oh, it's huge, and it's underrated. I think people need to – it's important that we as humans can define the difference between forgiving someone and saying that what they did is okay. Uh, and the other thing is, once I forgive, I feel better. Yeah, because I'm not carrying whatever I was carrying against somebody. So it's such an important thing for ourselves to forgive. And quite often we feel like we need to hold on to stuff to make the other person learn that they mucked up. Mm. Yeah, so I think it's really important. I remember saying to my mum, Mum, I'm doing this training. And it's teaching me that people can do stuff and I don't have to get upset about it. And she said, oh, what a cop out. You know, humans think that it's like this thing that we must we must get upset or we must hold things against other people, but all we do is, is drinking poison, hoping someone else gets sick. So I'm a big fan of forgiveness. But, you know, I'll forgive people who have so-called wronged me, but I'm, I'm learning more and more to distance myself from toxic people. I forgive you, I love you, but I don't want to see your face for a while until the way I feel about you has changed. So I'm, I'm finding a, a good balance in that area as well. Well, and that leads a lot into, um, you know, what we might call boundaries. But in my world, I, I often talk about what are you lovingly letting go of, you know, in your life? Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an obligation or responsibility. Maybe it's something you're doing in your business that doesn't bring you joy, but sometimes it's a friendship. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, you know what? I forgive you. Move on. <laughs> I don't want to see your face. Yeah. And I think there's been a lot of need for that in the last few years so many friendships and relationships have been knocked around and we've got to find ways of staying in love with ourselves and with the people in our lives even if we're not getting along anymore you know i did a post on my personal page which always seems to get more traction than my business page but i actually said something along the lines of curious to know um has anyone received any apologies from someone that perhaps gave you pushback or um, in the past few years uh, or insulted you. And most people were like, nope, nope, still waiting. Nope, not yet. You know, that kind of thing. And a few people came in and said, which I love, they were like, do, do you, do, why do we need an apology? You know, mm. maybe it's time to forgive. And I thought, I, I agreed. I, 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 partly I was curious to know, and I was not surprised by people saying, nope, nope, not yet. But I agree. I, I don't think that I don't require, I mean, maybe I desire, <laughs> but I don't require an apology, but I would love some acknowledgement. And I don't mean acknowledgement, acknowledgement that I'm right, but I would love some acknowledgement of what they've learned. Mm. But again, I'm not holding my breath. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it's I can't speak for anyone else who's is in those situations. Um, I think it's still not safe for a lot of people. A lot of people don't feel safe to speak out against mainstream narratives, even if it's glaringly obvious to everybody or most people now. And unfortunately, it's not obvious to everybody. Um, yeah, I think it's just people are, want to stay safe. Mm. Yeah, it's about safety as far as I can see. And a lot of people who have been speaking out, they've been okay with being unsafe and being unpopular and unliked and cancelled and all the rest of it. So it's not so scary. Yeah, but some people have been in this little insular safe space and they don't want to blow it. And I can appreciate that fear. I can appreciate that too. I mean, not everyone, you know, I, I guess I sometimes joke that I was born to rock the boat. Well, um, I've always been, I suppose, the green sheep in my family, like most people who are feeling, who have spoken up in the past three years or so. But I, I, I agree. I think some people aren't even ready to acknowledge their views and that's fine. But I also think some people are staying safe by just not even seeing anything. They can't, it's not that they don't want to admit that they got it wrong. They still don't realize they got it wrong. And I think part of that is a desire for safety as well. You're onto it. I remember even like 15 years ago, I used to go visit my cousin once a week to have lunch. And I was learning all these things, what were going on behind the scenes in the world. And she was an open-minded woman. And I'd say, cousin, she goes, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know. I'm happy with the way that my world is. I don't want to know what's going on behind the scenes. That'll rock my world too much. So yeah, some people just not ready. Yeah. And again, I guess it comes looping back to the topic of judgment. We don't, we can't judge them for that. And I do have quite an, another, quite an intense interview that I actually did um, with a woman named Gloria. And again, it's like some people don't want to acknowledge what's going on. Some people actually are just super sensitive to it that I don't know if not to be rude, but some people just can't handle it as much as other people can the depth of knowledge. Yeah. Um, so, and we just don't want to judge people on that. No, fair enough. Fair right. enough. Um, but I love your self-reflection when you talked at the start about Facebook, you know, when Facebook first came out, you know, you were more concerned with, with looking good and that type of thing. And I think just acknowledging that, and then as we, whatever you want to say, evolve or over time, as we develop, it's less about that. I mean, even for me having my own radio show, if, if I'm honest with myself, if this had happened five or six years ago, it probably would have gone to my head a little bit, but now I'm like, I just feel immense gratitude for being able to shine the light is the words I use on the messages and the wisdom and the knowledge that so many people across New Zealand have. Um, if you don't know, I'm a, I'm a Canadian Kiwi. And for my listeners, if you don't know, um, 100% genetically Kiwi, fifth generation, but I was born in Canada. I always feel like I have to explain myself like, oh, I'm not from America. I didn't just arrive last week. Um, but I do, I do think there are so many incredible people across New Zealand, so much wisdom to share. And it's a gift for me to be able to talk to them and to get those frequencies and those messages to the world. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in a privileged position where people are showing up to my concerts and my workshops. And I have this privilege of what I believe is contributing positively to the vibration of our country and of the planet. Yeah, and as I said in the past, it was about 
you know, as a young musician, I wanted to get places with my music and be on big stages and fame and glory and all that sort of stuff. And now I've grown to accept and embrace, I think, my places in the smaller gatherings where people come together as communities and have a feed together and then celebrate they celebrate that someone's actually come to their town and is performing with them and stuff like that. So I'm finding my way and I'm really happy with the way things are flowing. And I used to want to travel. I did a lot of travel as well as a younger man. And in the last 10 years, I was on the road a lot and that meant a lot to me and I grew a lot through it. But now I just want to travel around this country and keep it local. And I've got no desire to go overseas at all at the moment. It's very, I'm very anchored here. Mm. I'd love to know if that resonates with our listeners, just what we've been talking about here, either talking about forgiveness and judgment, we would love to hear your thoughts. And also about that ego piece, meaning, you know, what is important to you now, which maybe is different than maybe the the you from five years ago. So today we're talking about self-discovery. If you've just joined us, I'm talking to Matthew Tehuki, and you guys can message in if you want to 2057 on the text or inbox at realitycheck.radio on email. We would love to hear your thoughts and your reflections on this topic. Um, Matthew, you talked about you know, having messages for people. I would love to know what message or what do you think that Kiwis really need to hear or need to know at the moment? Um, I would say we got to do our internal work. We've got to clear away the baggage and the clutter and the trauma because that's what's having us react to everybody around us. I think we need to find ways to look after ourselves and ground. So look after our, just look in, and that's your physical body, your your emotional body, your spiritual body, your intellectual body, and just have a good clear out, because we're going into such challenging times, we don't want to be dragging anchors and all sorts of heavy things behind us that are going to drag us down. Otherwise, we'll be dragging the people around us down and trying to suck energy from them. So I think that's really important is look in first, do that work, be honest, be brutally honest with yourself. And then once you've done some good work, or maybe while you're doing the good work, is also connect, stay connected with the people around you. And, and that involves, and that includes people you don't like. Um, being loving, just be love, be kind to yourself and kind to others. That's, that's actually a phrase that I picked up in the last year from my good friend, Lana Garland, who I'm doing this course with is be kind to self and kind to others. If we do those two things, the planet's in beautiful shape. So do the work on yourself, be honest, upgrade, and then gather, just keep gathering. Cause you know, there was a time in the last few years where we were told not to gather. And how was how great was it when we could gather? Let's not make let's not get complacent with the fact that we can gather because we never know when the next line of whatever is going to come down and shut us down for whatever reason. So gather, gather, gather. That's so much energy gets built up when we're gathering with good vibes, with some music and some food and some dance and some good energy. So that's that's the main message that I'm I've always been working on is. Do the work with yourself and then work with some other people. Yeah. Well, Up Your Brave is definitely about uh, community and connections and also courage. For the people listening, 
And I know people like this. They might be go, I hear you saying do the work. Legit. What do you mean by that? Because some people won't know. So I just want to really spell this out. And how do people go about doing the work? Like what is the, how do they do that? Some people can do it by themselves. Other people need someone to facilitate or draw things out. Yeah. I think going for a walk is probably one of the best ways to start. Get your shoes off and go walk in nature. I think and breathe deeply and just get out there in nature. A whole lot of stuff will come to you in that simple process. But the rest is like uh, get some therapy for trauma, for childhood stuff or even adult stuff. Do some therapy. I found a book um, that really helped me look at my childhood wounds and my patterns and just really unpacking and unlayering stuff there. And it was quite a messy time to go through it. And I needed support around me because I was looking at the patterns that were trying to run me as an adult, but they they were created when I was a child. So look at your childhood stuff. If you're a man, hang out with men. If you're a man, hang out with men. And don't always do it with a beer in your hand or watching rugby. Do some men stuff. I think it's so important for our men to get around other men and talk, honestly. And there's lots of different initiatives and groups and stuff going on, which one of them I'll talk about after this. So, yeah. And women have been really good at gathering with women forever. Uh... I'd say for the woman, dance, dance every day. Mm. That's my advice. Get your, get your amazing bodies moving. Get joy flowing through your bodies. I'm going to take that on board. I'm amazing at connecting with women. I know so many incredible women. Um, and I love dancing and I also love singing. And I just don't do it. I like walk the dog. I go to my fitness class. I'm going to start dancing. Mm. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the men. I wanted to ask you what, so I've got a topic coming up in the future where we're going to be talking about empowering men. Um, so what other, what other guidance? So get men, get around other men, not always with a beer in your hand. What, what else, what other words of wisdom have you got for the men out there? Well, um, can I talk about my course? Yeah. 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 Let's do it. Yeah, so um, this is probably one of the questions that you were going to ask, which is how the people out there can support what I'm up to. And mm. myself and Lana Garland have created a course called Tane Ha, The Confident Loving Man. Tane Ha means breathing man. And it's a four-week online course, and it's full of these beautiful tools to let go of stuff that hasn't been serving us, rebuilding new positive behaviors and patterns and habits in our lives, and also how to connect with women, how to talk with women, how to support women, how to be great lovers for women. So it goes through all of that stuff in four weeks. And this is a course that myself and Lana uh, have created because we care about men and we want to support men. And it's been a bit of a rough ride being men, being yeah. a man for the last, I don't know how long. And we just really want to lift the brothers up. And it's really great that I'm creating this course with a woman and she's coming with her enthusiasm and her perspectives and her things that she appreciates and loves about men. And we're doing this every four weeks. We're launching the next four-week course tonight. Every two weeks, we're going to take on another four weeks and we just want to build this. We've got men from around the world doing it, men around Aotearoa. And they do a lot of the work by themselves through videos and PDFs, but they also have three calls where they're meeting other men and we're talking about real 
issues and we discover really quickly that we're all going through similar stuff so just hearing brothers talk about things so getting in men's groups is a really important thing that men can do as well a regular fortnightly gathering of two hours can make a big difference in a man's life and the people around him I agree. I I mean, it's so critical. And I think for men, having somebody facilitate the depth of conversation. So it gets past, you know, oh, what do you do for work? And how are the kids? You know, it's it's much deeper. So that sounds amazing, the course. And I mean, I'm going to ask you in a minute, um, how can people connect with you? But can you go ahead and just let us know if someone's listening to this? Because obviously, if you're running it every four weeks, they haven't missed the boat. How can they find out more or sign up for that? I'd say the easiest way would be contact me directly on Facebook. And if you're not on Facebook, you can email me, MachiTheHook, or you can contact me on MachiTheHook at Gmail, or contact me through my website. That's a nice direct way. And yeah. that is rainbowwarrior.nz. There's a contact page on there. And if you miss this one starting tonight, we've got another one in two weeks' time. And it's just going to go, and we'll just, we have a vision of a giant waka, a big canoe. There's already a bunch of men on the front who have already led the way. We've already had a few intakes of this course, and we just want to grow a great community of brothers who are there. And there's, as I said, there's other great initiatives around Aotearoa and around the planet for men together. It's there if they really want to look. I know um, Mankind Project is about to launch another weekend up in Auckland, so there's heaps out there if you really want to look for it. I think so. I think it is people, I guess, prioritizing that. And also, I'll say for the woman out there, if your man says, you know, he wants to go away and do this man retreat or do this course, like, don't stand in the way, you know, encourage him because it is a big deal for them to even acknowledge that they want to do this thing. Encouraging, empowering our men to get around other men, to be able to have those deeper conversations and realize they're not the only ones feeling a certain way is so powerful. And the ripple effect, the trickle down effect on the family is really exciting, I guess, is the word I'm going to choose. With the Rainbow Warrior, is that two W's? So rainbow? Yeah. Yeah, got two it. Two W's. Rainbowwarrior.nz. Yeah, with a couple of few W's at the beginning of it all. So you're a grandfather and a father. We are doing a topic coming up as well, empowering teens. I've done one in the past. I actually did two whole weeks, so six interviews on keeping kids safe. Mm-hmm. I'd love any any advice, guidance, wisdom that you have to share around empowering our kids or teenagers? Um, I'd say just spend as much time as you can with them. Yeah, even if it is, like, I remember when I had teenage boys, sometimes I'd have to actually sit on the couch with them with a PlayStation console in my hand, you know, controller, and play PlayStation with them, even if I wasn't into it. And then we'd start feeling more connected and then we could go outside and kick a ball and then we could go and do other things, just investing time with them. I find that when they really get that you care about them, then they will actually start listening to any advice you might have for them. It's not until they know that you care. And I found that the best way I could show I cared was by giving them my time, which as a parent can be really challenging. I'm aware of that. Maybe that helps them appreciate it even more if you give it. I remember last week hearing the bouncing of a ball and I went outside. My husband's playing basketball with our youngest. And uh, 
it was just as a mother, I just like, I love those moments when I see them playing together and I don't go down and join them and try to be one of the gang. I just like in that moment, I just soak it in, you know, Mm. just, I just love it. I think it's the one-on-one time. I love seeing, you know, a dad spend time with the, we've got three kids. Um, and my husband and my daughter spend tons of time together because they're both triathletes. They're always training and running and swimming and all the things. So I actually love it when I see my boys having dad time mm. doing whatever it might be, whether it's exactly on the gaming or or basketball or whatever. Um, at the moment, it seems to be Rubik's Cube as well for him. <laughs> and for me and my six-year-old, it's play fighting, lots of it. <laughs> and finding boundaries and fighting fear and not giving up and all these sort of things. And getting nice and physical and close with each other. It's one of our favorite things to do. Yeah. And yeah. also for us in the house at the moment, it's music. So you'll love this. It's it's drums, it's guitar, it's electric guitar, uh, it's piano. Like, yeah, two of my both of my boys really into music. And it's it's amazing to see them exploring that themselves. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. All right. I'm going to take us to the four questions that I ask everybody. Um, So number one is the up your brave question. What is one thing that you've done in the past year where you truly upped your brave? Yeah. Okay. So about this time last year, there was a lot going on for me. I think a lot of the stuff of me speaking out, especially straight after Wellington, where I was down there at the, the protest and that caused a lot of heat for me from lots of different sectors mm-hmm. of the country. And then all this other stuff started hitting me and all of a sudden there was this big bushfire around me, a lot, a lot of negative energy and um, pressure coming at me. And I'd been planning a tour around the North Island and the voice inside me was saying, just stay home, man, just stay home and keep yourself safe because it, it was a bit scary to go out there and I just had to pack all my music gear in the car and go to my first gig not knowing who would be waiting for me and what sort of scene would be waiting for me and the first one was okay and then the next one was okay and then it, my confidence grew but the, that first week on the road not knowing who was going to ambush me or what sort of uh, reception I'd be receiving was probably the scariest thing that I've done for a long time especially to be so you're on a stage and mm. you want to share your heart and you, you're not sure what's going to show up. So that I would say would be it. I'd say over the last three years, all this stuff around speaking out against the mainstream narrative, it didn't seem courageous at all. It was just so natural that that's what needed to be done. But this one in particular, I could have stayed home. It was winter. I could have just, huddled up and just had a lovely cruisy couple months at home but no I went on the road and pushed myself and I'm so grateful that I did because every time I went into one of those spaces and I saw people come together and happy to see each other and happy to dance and sing I knew that I was in the right place and I was doing what I was here to do so I think that's the other thing about when we take these challenging courageous brave moves that are really hard to do usually because of the stories in our head is we get the huge rewards and my reward was watching people have joy and mm. and me get to be doing what i'm here to do which is play music and create community wherever i go so 
And raise the vibration. And raise the vibration. So I think that's the wonderful thing about being brave is there's always a reward on the other side of that fear. I often talk about pushing back the pushback. So when we do speak up or question things, we do get pushed back. But pushing back the pushback is not easy. It's not easy. And you've done you've done that well. Do you feel like it's gotten easier, you know, uh, over the last year, let's say, or the last six months? Is it easier for people to speak up or is it kind of same but different than before? It's tricky now because um, I know that even I'm all about unity and people getting along. But I know that when we're in the thick of it, I was even I was like pointing fingers and saying, these guys are trying to do some dodgy stuff here, you know, and I was highlighting things that were going on by certain individuals on the planet. And now I'm really aware that whether people got jabbed or not jabbed, that we're all being played by the same powers that be. And we need to unify with the unjabbed and we need to unify with the jabbed. We need to bring everybody together now. So I'm really cautious not to be divisive with my words and with my messages still like one of the first things i say when i start my first song is jabbed or unjabbed we all stand together now because i know that in front of me there's jabbed and there's unjabbed people mm-hmm. i think for me i'm having to i'm choosing to be really careful what sort of messages i put out there so i'm not speaking out as much as i was in the first few years of this pandemic because I don't want to ruffle feathers because I want to bring more and more people into the unifying space without people feeling judged or attacked or unsafe. Yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. And still encouraging them to stand up and speak out and be courageous. I think that's great. I wrote down choose unity. And and that is partly what I'm aiming to do too on the show is bring people together and make everyone feel um, heard and understood to a certain extent. The next question is the bucket list question. Is there anything specific on your bucket list, meaning something you'd love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that the Reality Check Radio Up Your Brave community can possibly help you to do? Yeah, and I alluded to it earlier is um, this Taneha Confident Loving Man course is so important to me that I would love it if the people out there could check it out and the woman could find loving ways of encouraging their men to come towards the course and the men could bring in other men Mm. and check it out and and join this course and join this movement because I feel like if we have a country full of solid, strong, unshakable men that aren't going to compromise their integrity, then what happened in the last few years will never happen again. We won't see men wearing masks, pushing their kids towards getting jabbed because they're worried how they're going to look in society. We're going to have warriors Mm. who are protecting and healthy and not just drowning their trauma through alcohol or violence or whatever. We'll have strong men taking care of themselves and their communities. So that's the vision. So if you can check out Taneha, the confident, loving man, I love the name of it. You know, it's interesting because I'm, I would describe myself as a confident, courageous, independent woman. However, what do I want most at the moment to be taken care of and to feel protected, Mm. which is exactly, I think what your course is empowering men to do. And they've got it in them. They just need a little reminder 
that they have the power already within. Mm. And I just want to say how beautiful it is to hear a woman say that because I know you're a powerful woman and I know our women are powerful and they have and are taking care of themselves and many others. But I know deep down a lot of women are craving the protector of mm. the men around them to step up and make sure no one's going to fuck with them anymore. And it's time, Kiwi mm. men. Yeah. It's time. And, and internationally. Um, well, this this leads nicely to my next question, which is, what is coming up for you and how can people connect? And I'd love it if you could tell us your Instagram as well, because do you talk about the course or give them a little bit of visuals on what the course is about on Instagram? I believe so. I think, we yes, we have an Instagram page for the course, Taniha, the Confident Loving Man. And there's details on there how to find – we have a site which is connected to the actual course where you can have a – really good look at everything that's in the in the program and what we cover and things like that but actually what's coming up for me in the next near future is i'm going on my north island tour it's my upward spiral north island winter tour and it's two months around the north island where i'm going starting up the east coast the hawks bay i want to go to the places that have been hit by mm -hmm. the weather recently then making my way around the east cape then bay of plenty coromandel Auckland, Northland. I want to get around to West Auckland, around Piha, Muriwai, and then I'm coming down. Waikato, Taranaki, and this is a really important, this is my biggest tour ever, and I want to get as many people into these house concerts and these hall concerts and these workshops. And that's all on my, I just put the dates up onto my website, on the schedule on my website, rainbowwarrior.nz. And I'm also doing lots of posts at the moment through Facebook and Instagram as well. So that's something that I'd love people to check out and come along or send people in mm. those directions of those gatherings. Because I, I just love gathering. I think gathering is such a beautiful thing that we do as humans, especially when we do it with food and music. You know, this is audio only. People can't see me smiling, but I... I love music. I love the idea. Oh, I love the power and the potential of what that two-month tour can do for New Zealand because we are ready for a big shift. Mm. We are ready for unity. And music is so powerful to for people to express, like you said about the dancing, to people to express or come together, um, stop the judgment, all the things we talked about. Mm. Um, I'm going to ask you if there's anything else you want to add, but at first I would love to ask you, uh, what is one of your favorite places in New Zealand and why? Ooh. Surprise <sighs> question. Oh, it feels like an unfair question. <laughs> I love the land so much. I'm going to go the Farariki, Farariki Beach down uh, near Cape, I think it's Farewell Spit at the top of the South Island. Just such a magical coastline. And whenever I'm out there, there's hardly anybody there and there's these huge, big, just it's really grand and it's isolated and then you can go into the bush and disappear. And I've seen uh, a white heron out there twice, the kōtuku, which is such a rare thing to see anywhere apart from where they nest. So that's one of my favorite parts of Aotearoa. But one of the things I love about touring is when I gather with the people at night, I say, all right, I'm around tomorrow morning. Where's the closest waterfall or stream or beach? And they tell me the secret spots. Mm. 
So that's one of the beautiful parts of touring is going to the secret spots and parking my car there and manifesting nobody's going to break into it. That's another exciting part of going on tour. (laughs) I'm going to ask you in a moment to tell us about the song before we play it. But um, before we do that, is there anything else you would love to share with our listeners today? I love you listeners and thank you for listening. And thank you. If you get anything out of this corridor, out of this talk, um, I'm grateful that you listened. I think uh, I just want to acknowledge it's tough work being a human being. And we've got a lot of deprogramming to do as individuals and as society. And uh, But I also want to say we got this. I'm really confident, even though there's all this talk about the next part of the agenda, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And people might think we've got things stacked against us. I, I really believe that humanity's got so much love. Everyone just wants love and peace at the end of the day that I'm really confident that we will get through it if we do the work on ourselves and stay connected. So kia kaha, we got this. We got this. Mm. Amazing. Thank you so much. Well, we are going to go to a song. So can you let us know what song we're going to listen to and if there's a little story behind it? So this is my song, Me Maranga. And this is my version of a song by a fella called Brother Is from Hawaii, really big bro who had a beautiful, sweet voice. And when I first heard the song, it was one of those hauntingly beautiful ones. So I created uh, my own version of it. Memaranga means to rise up, and the chorus is Memaranga Kite Karanga Aotearoa, which means rise up to the core Aotearoa. And I've been singing the song for maybe 15 years and just in the last couple of years it really started making sense and really started finding its home uh, and this is one that i usually finish my concerts with and people do some actions some, some maori hand actions with us and we all sing along together so it feels appropriate to have this finish off this beautiful cordial with you sister Sounds amazing. We're going to we're going to play the song and you can listen to it on audio but if you want to watch the video so it's on YouTube, yeah. Mm. Yeah. They can look it up there. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Nice talking with you. And everyone enjoy this song. Rise up. Matthew Tehuki and thanks for listening.
You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.